Good morning, good news family. How you guys doing? All right, real quickly, how many of you guys are tatted up here? Let me see your hands. How many of you got ink? Be high and proud because it's something that I want to share with you. If you got ink, this is what I sense God saying to you this morning. I want to write in your heart who I am. Listen, he wants to let you know that he is good, that he is for you, that he wants to show you more of who he is. And it's in writing, baby. The kind of ink that is not easily removed. Amen. All right. Let's jump in here. So this message should be short. I promised the first service that it was going to be short. And I think I took too long unpacking what God has given. And so it was shorter than usual, but still a little longer than I wanted to. So you guys are ready. Better be ready because we're running this morning. And the reason why it has to be shorter is because Pastor Jason has an amazing announcement, great announcement. And my wife promised me that I wasn't going to say amazing. And I just did because she's here. I didn't do it in the first service. But anyway, she helps me get better. And I appreciate her. So now, how many dudes do I have in the house? Let me hear you roar. Come on. Beginning in March, today's March 1st and March 10th, the second Tuesday of every month at 6.30 p.m., we're going to be getting together as guys. Yesterday, I had an amazing time. Some dudes from the church invited me and another group of guys, and we have grub and guns. Yes, you heard me right, grub and guns. There was like 150 breakfast burritos. There was biscuits and gravy with some amazing sausage, and there was shotgun shooting little pigeon things, and, and it was awesome. Had an amazing time. And perhaps that's not your thing, but man, there was some guys that went that was not their thing. And we ended up feeling great and building uh, fellowship. And it was a great time. So man, what we're going to be discussing for the, for the next several months is going to be how do we walk whole? Okay. Wholeness is very, very important. And wholeness is not only coming to church. That's part of it. So we're going to be talking about being whole spiritually. Can you say spiritually? Physically, emotionally, relationally, and financially. And praise God, I'm not going to be the one doing all the talking. (laughs) We're going to be talking together and discussing some things. So anyway, I'm excited about that, so please join us. All right, so we've been talking about James. We have been in the series in the book of James, and today is a culmination of that series. We're going to be uh, talking in chapter 5. I am not going to be preaching... uh, the entire chapter five. So please take some time to actually read chapter five and ask the Holy Spirit to reveal to you what the Lord Jesus wants you to personally know. All right. So we're going to do that, right? Okay. So James chapter five, we're going to begin in verse 13, but I want to, I want to pray before we do that. Father, I thank you so much for your word. I thank you that your word accomplishes, accomplishes that which you have sent it forth to do. I pray for 
this, your people. I pray for this family of believers here, God. I pray that ears may be open to hear what you're saying. I pray the hearts will be receptive to actually receive that which you have for us today. I pray that revelation will happen. I pray that transformation will happen. And I pray that your Holy Spirit may do what only you can do in this place. I pray that we may be about it, that we may walk as anointed people of God and that we may have the power of the Holy Spirit being manifested in our everyday life, God. We thank you so much for what you have done and for what you are yet to do in Jesus name and God's people say amen. amen all right so in James chapter 5 we begin in verse 13 and let's let's read it together not not together I'm going to read and you can follow along all right uh, is anyone among you suffering let him pray is anyone cheerful let him sing praise is anyone among you sick let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him anoint him with oil in the name of the Lord and the prayer of faith will save the one who is sick. And the Lord will raise him up. And if he has committed sins, he will be forgiven. Verse 16. Therefore, confess your sins one to another and pray for one another that you may be healed. The prayer of, right of a righteous person has great power as it is working. Elijah was a man with a nature like ours. And he prayed fervently that it may not rain. And for three and a half for three years and six months, it did not rain on the earth. Then he prayed again, and heaven gave rain, and the earth bore its fruit. I want to talk to you today on the subject of transitions with heaven. Transitions with heaven. James does something here that it is different than what he has been doing the entire letter, this entire book to the church. And so he highlights prayer in this chapter 5, and he talks about four different, now I don't want to say types of prayer, from four ways to pray. Number one is pray when suffering. Pray when suffering. Number two is the prayer of the elders over you. Number three is praying for one another. And number four is praying for your nation or the world. And we see that through Elijah's prayer. We're going to go there in a moment. So it is, I understand that here at Good News, we are a praying church. We are. We're known for prayer. Many people around the city are like, ah, oh, you guys are known for prayer. We're known for the presence of God being in this place. But my prayer right now and moving forward is that we'll be a people of prayer. What's the difference? Because we're people here and we're in a church. This is the difference. I know that we gather today and today and, and many times during the, during the week, we actually have three corporate prayer meetings daily and we gather and pray, right? Right. So we pray when we come into the church building. My prayer is that we will pray when we leave the church building. That we'll be individuals that truly understand that there's something that happens between heaven and earth when we pray. So, as, as we were thinking, as, we were, as I was studying on prayer, I read, um, I was reading N.T. Wright. And N.T. Wright is this theologian, and I love the way that he writes. And he, and he talked about how um, abnormal or weird prayer can be, Right? 
Let's face it, if you, if you are not church, if you're not a person that even understands what prayer is, it can seem weird. And he painted this picture, and I love it. It was like, he said, so imagine that you have never heard a musical instrument being played. Imagine that you have never played a musical instrument for some of you that, that are gifted in that way. But imagine that you see somebody and they are building an instrument, a musical instrument. And you look at this person, you have never experienced music, and you're like, what are you doing? Oh, this is for music. What? What's that for? It doesn't make any sense, right? You'll be like, you're wasting your time. You're wasting energy. This is pointless. It's foolish, right? But those of us that have experienced the power of music, right? Those of you perhaps that have played an instrument say it's no waste of time at all. Actually, it's just pure genius. Right? Are we awake? Because I am hyped up on coffee. And let me tell you, you need to, we need to make sure that we're, we're keeping track of this. So it is an amazing thing. But this is just like prayer. It's just like prayer. So if you have not experienced it. You have one view of it, but if you have, you may have an, a different view. Look at what N.T. Wright says in this quote. And I love how he, how he paints this picture. So the guys are going to put it up here. And he goes like this. He says, to someone with no idea of God, of there being a world other than what we can touch and see, prayer looks at best like an odd superstition. And at worst, like serious self-deception. Fancy just talking to yourself and thinking it would make a difference to anything. But almost all human traditions right across history and culture have been aware of other dimensions which seem mysteriously to intersect with our own. So the, all through history, mankind have realized through different cultures and times that there is something out there. There's something that seems to mysteriously just intersect with our reality. So see, but there's a difference when, there, when someone has no idea of God. James encourages us in the first uh, verse here that we read in verse 13, that if anyone is suffering, let them pray. See, and there's, a, there's something that happens when God has answered your prayers. Has God answered any of your prior, prayers? Let me see your hand. Come on. Praise God. Can you give God a, a little clap? Because he answers prayers. Praise the Lord. So this reminded me of, of, of Pastor Mark Stevens. And, and Pastor Mark shared with us years ago about, about his, his walk with the Lord. And when we, he, he came to the Lord and he was going to a church. And in that church, for, for, um, for some reason, they, they did not uh, really believe that God uh, healed people physically. Right now. And so they, that the healing was basically something of the, of the past, of the Bible, of the time of the apostles and, and, and all that. And so he was going to this church, but he was suffering with chronic back pain. So this is what happened as Pastor Mark was sharing this with me. Uh, he's going through this. But he's like, I'm reading the Bible. And then he got this other book that he's reading. And he's reading this book. And I forget the author. But he said that in this, in this book, the author talked about how God wants to heal us now. And so Pastor Mark is suffering. He says he goes to the restroom. And it's over the sink. And he's in pain. 
He's reading the book and he's in pain. And he's saying, God, heal me. God, please heal me. And how many of you know that that's prayer? Crying out to God is prayer. Doesn't need to sound like I sound up here or like you hear some people praying. Crying out, Jesus, help me is prayer. So Pastor Mark does that and he says that he's, he's in tears and he has this pain. And then all of a sudden he straightens up, walks out of the bathroom and no pain. For the rest of his life. But now, listen, now there's a decision that he needs to make. Because now the problem is he's being, he's being told that God doesn't heal anymore. But he prayed and got answered. And now what do you do with that? Right? So then he decided, you know what? Um, I got to teach people that God still heals. <laughs> I got to tell people that God is still the same yesterday, today, and forever. Right? So if anyone among you suffering, let him pray. That's what James is telling us here. So uh, that is a fantastic story because just as we read in that quote from N.T. Wright, see, when you have experienced God moving in your life because you called out to him, nobody, nobody on earth can say that he doesn't answer. Now, you may say, well, sometimes I don't see the answer. How do you answer that, Pastor Raphael? And I'm going to tell you that I can't. (laughs) I am not God. You have a relationship with your heavenly father. And so therefore, you talk to your father. Understood? (laughs) Beautiful. I love it. All right. So, you know, to this point, James have been talking to us about uh, many different things. In, In the first chapter, he says... Rejoice or count it, all, count it all joy when you face all kinds of trials. And we talked about how all trials are not created equal. So he said, when you face trials, you rejoice. Now here, he's saying, when you face trials, when you're suffering, you pray. And I love this. Because James is bringing this, this, uh, this added comfort to the believers. And... Um, I've heard this before. I I heard that prayer is the currency of heaven. Prayer is the currency of heaven. And I want to paint this picture to you. So this is a metaphor, okay? Don't nobody send me no hate mail or Pastor Jason, because he gets sick and tired of hate mail. But don't send any hate mail like, well, you know, our relationship with God is not transactional. And uh, actually, you know, prayer is not a transaction. Well, this is a metaphor. Okay? For those that may want to criticize us, I'm going to get ahead of your criticism. But there's no criticism in this place. I know, right? Because we're family. So, so th- this is, so prayer is a, is heaven's currency. So we understand that you don't go to a store here and you say, hey, I want this. And you walk out the door. There's something that you need to leave, right? It's called money. It's the currency. So the currency of the United States is the U.S. dollars. If you come from other nations, you are familiar with other different types of currency, right? Right. So why am I saying that prayer is the currency of heaven? Because there is something to happen in that exchange, in a transaction. When you, as Pastor Mark did, 
call out to God. See, you say, Father, I'm in pain. And then your father's up there and everywhere and looks and says, hmm, I think Mark is calling out to me. He says, hey, no, no, he's in fact calling out to me. And he calls his angels, hey, come here, come here. I need you to go and touch him. I say, no, 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 but I'm busy. No, I don't care what you're doing. You get down there and touch the man. A transaction just happened. Heaven just invaded earth. And I love what the Bible says, that the realities of heaven. I want to focus on the realities of heaven. And there's the reality is that there is healing in heaven that needs to invade earth. Amen. All right. So we, we talked about verse 14. Then verse 15, it says, and the prayer of faith will save the one who is sick. And I have some, uh, some different words, uh, Greek words that I was going to share with you. But for the sake of time, I'm not going to do that. I just want to let you know that there is different there is a difference between that word safe or sick. Some translation says, and the prayer of faith will make the man well or will heal the man. This word healing here is sozo, which we are familiar with. So that word actually means to deliver out, out of danger and into safety. Okay? So it's more than just a component of physical healing, Right? And sometimes we don't understand in God's wisdom and God's uh, reign and, and his sovereignty. We do not understand how things happen because we think we know best. But as we were saying earlier, God, you are good. And if we trust that he is good, then we trust that whatever outcome happens, he's in control. And is the outcome that he wanted to see happen for his will. Amen. In verse 16, James encourages us to pray for one another. Pray for one another. I love this. Because James has been telling us different things throughout the letter thus far. He tells us to make sure that we first are about perseverance. Perseverance. He says, persevere when you face trials. Then he tells us, be about doing what you say you believe. Faith without works. Then he says, do not curse one another. Make sure that your words are attached to something that the Holy Spirit provides that is self-control. Then he also encourages us to not fight with one another. And now he's saying, pray for one another. Praying for one another is crucial. Because it is very difficult. It's very difficult. To not care for those whom you're praying for. Pray for one another is crucial because it is very difficult to not love those whom you are praying for. 
And for those of you that have not been church, that have not been coming to church all of your life, we use this word, and Carissa used it earlier, and she did not hear me speak in the first service, so I love it because she gave me ammunition. But she says, we're going to stand in the gap. Some of you might have been like, what gap? <laughs> Where are we standing? I'm, well, so can I show you real quick what that perhaps means? All right. Ray, can you come up here? Brother, can you come up here? I'll stand in the gap. Wow. Do I need a microphone? Yeah, okay. So Rick is in need. And my brother here, what's your name again? James. James, yes. James. Oh, we're preaching out of James. Fabulous. So James is God. Just made him uncomfortable. Wow. That's pride. All right. So James and Rick. Rick is calling out to God and is saying, Lord, I need you. I need you. And God is here. So I'm standing in the gap. Give me your hand. That's what it looks like. So I'm being the connection. I'm doing a transaction with heaven on Rick's behalf. All right, guys. Thank you very much. So that's what it looks like. It's just that simple. It is just that simple. Pray for one another. Pray for one another. Then in verses 17 and 18, James moves into talking about Elijah. The first time I, I read these verses, I was so fascinated. They were so significant in my walk with the Lord in my Christian life. Because up to this point... I read about Moses, I read about Abraham, I read about Peter, I read about Mary, I read about Jacob, I read about Joshua, about Caleb. And I'm like, man, those are some fabulous people doing amazing things for God. But not me. I can't do that. I'm not a superstar like that. I'm not a general of the faith. But James says in verse 17, Elijah was a man with a nature like ours. <laughs> you know what that means? That he was just like you and I. You know what that means? That he was created in the image of God just like you and I. You know what that means? That he was nothing special. See, we look at people in the kingdom sometimes, and, and what I mean by in the kingdom is like people in church and people that are working with Jesus. And we're like, man, it's so awesome. But I couldn't do that. Why not? And I understand, listen, I understand anointing. I understand offices of the prophet, the apostle, the teacher. I understand all of that. And at some point, we'll talk about those things. But I also understand that you may be living under or below, actually, the level of that which God wants to do through you. Do you understand what that means? Living below the poverty line. Not what your father intends for you. Well, but somebody told me, I don't care what they said. What does your father say about you? Do you understand? There's a transaction that happens between heaven and earth. 
And if I need to hear from my father, I love him. Absolutely. Love Pastor Mark. He's been very influential in my life, in my spiritual walk. But I'm not going to go, hey, Pastor Mark, what do you think? I love him. I know that he has wisdom. And I know that he can help me. But there are times when nobody on this earth can actually give you the wisdom that you need, could actually do something inside of you that only God can do. This is not in my notes, so somebody needs to pay attention. There's a time in your life that actually God is the only one, and God is a jealous God, and He's saying, guess what? Uh-uh, you're not going to get answer anywhere else because I'm your answer, and I want you to come up to me and actually talk to me. So Elijah was a man just like you and I, with the same nature, the nature of God in us. So, um, okay, we're going to move on. In chapters uh, 17 and 18 of 1 Kings, we hear the story of Elijah. We hear everything that happened. So Elijah told King Ahab because, and talking about praying for the nation and for the, for, for the world, Elijah said, hey, King Ahab, guess what? Because of, because of the, uh, what has happened here with the tree and, and the Israelites, there's judgment coming down. There's not going to be any rain. So there's no rain. But then in chapter 18, about verse 40 through 44, something like that, then we see what happened when God said, God said to Elijah, there will be rain. Tell Ahab that there will be rain coming. But this is what's, what amazes me. Then Elijah went back to Mount Carmel to pray so that God would send the rain. So God, if you said there will be rain, why don't you just send it? But there was a transaction. There was a partnership between heaven and earth. And this is what happened. Elijah goes and he goes and puts his head between his knees. And he's calling out to God. Seven times he calls out to God. The first time he sends his servant and says, go and see if there's anything. Go and look towards the sea. Nothing. Second time, nothing. Third time, nothing. How many times have you and I given up before the answer came? How many times do we, have we said this is too hard? How many times have we said, well, God, it must not be your will. Hmm. The seventh time, the servant comes back and says, well, I see in the horizon a cloud as big as a man's hand. You know what, I, what Elijah did? He said, go and tell Ahab that rain is coming. <laughs> There's a shift on the atmosphere and rain is coming. There's a shift in the atmosphere and rain is coming. I want you to remember that. Three things as we close. This is very, very simple application. I want us to commit to prayer. And let's face it. I'm going to ask you this question. I'm going to tell you, say this. If you are not praying, there's no need to lie. No need to say that you used, oh, you're consistently, constantly talking to the Lord. No need for that. He already knows you either pray or you don't pray. And he's not surprised by it. There's no shame. But this is what I want us to commit to. If you're not praying at all, commit to just praying a few minutes a day. Just a few. I'm not telling you, oh, you got to check the religious box and pray for an hour, half an hour, whatever. Just move the needle some. 
I was talking to Sam, and he's part of our part of our internship and kind of mentoring him, Pastor Jason and I, and some of these young men. And I, I talked to him, and I said, Sam, you know what? what? What began to trigger me? I realized that I was wasting a lot of time in my car. So that became my war room. That became the place where I made, I made transactions with God. And this is what I told him. I said, the moment that you close that door, that you turn on the ignition, let it be the trigger that tells you we need to pray. I'm just going to talk to God here. And you could just do that. Very simple. Now, some of you may already be praying some during your day. I ask you, can you add some more to that prayer? A little bit more transaction. And some of you are actually praying a lot. And I'm going to ask you, can you partner with Holy Spirit and ask God, ask the Lord, what is the level of my transaction in this season? For our good news family, for me as an individual, for my immediate family, and for this, for the, our region in this world. Pastor Jason is going to come up and he's going to be talking to us um, on seed planting. James talks about that in chapter 5, verse 7. He says, Dear brothers and sisters, be patient as you wait on the Lord's return. Consider the farmers who patiently wait, keywords, patiently wait for the rains in the fall and in the spring. They eagerly look for the valuable harvest to ripen. So as we are in that season, keep remembering that as we plant seed, God is the one that brings the fruit and it takes time. Pastor Jason. Thank you, Pastor Raphael. So uh, one of the things, too, when it comes to prayer is uh, early in my Christian walk, I, it, my transaction, my idea of transaction was trying to get something from God, not understanding that the transaction I was having was relational. The more time I began to pray, the more I, I, I began to, to know him and to be changed by him and to see things from his perspective. And thank you, Pastor Raphael, for sharing. Oh, I, I don't know if you guys noticed, but we're in uh, a season of sowing. And just over the last year and a half, we've sent couples to the Comoros Islands, uh, Japan, India. We're about to send a, a couple to Los Angeles. And it, it's part of what this house is supposed to be. Is they, We equip people, we receive people, we develop them, we empower them, and then we send them out. And there are going to be seasons where we send people out, and then there's going to be other seasons where people are coming to be developed. And so um, it's not surprising that this house, because we're multicultural and all of that, that we're sending people to the nations. And um, with, with that being said, though, one of the things that Pastor Walt yeah, mentioned uh, a number of years ago, he said this church will, be, uh, will do more in the next eight years than the previous 80. That's a pretty bold statement. Um, and uh, here's what I understood uh, and learned from him is, he would process things with us. So he would sit down and he'd say, what's going on in your heart? What's going on in your life? What's God saying to you? And, and he said, I treated, he always, he used to always say this to our staff. He said, God told me I'm not a man of many talents, but God has given me talents on our team. And he says, my job is to hold all of our, our people with open hands and ask God what he wants to do. And so over the last uh, year you know, we, we've spoken to our staff, we've, we've looked at what they're very good at, we've looked at what our need is, and we've tried to position people on our team to meet those needs. But secondly, we ask them questions. 
you know, what's in your heart? What's God saying to you? Because how many know just because we're on staff and just because you're working in your present job doesn't mean God's not going to do something different in the future. There are things that he may want you to do that's different. And so in processing, uh, Pastor Drew and Morgan had a dream in their heart, and I'm going to allow them to come and share at this time. Come on. Welcome Pastor Drew and Morgan to the stage. Awesome. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, so we, Morgan and I, since before we uh, were ever even married, we knew that uh, youth and worship was going to be just one of many chapters that God had in in our walk, in our life with him. And uh, But we didn't feel the page turning until about uh, a little over a year ago. And uh, this was when uh, Pastor Raphael was still interim, and uh, I had the the pastors had just been informed that our first we had uh, the board had discovered had determined the first lead candidate being Pastor Jason for our lead pastor role, but it hadn't been announced to the church yet. And someone walks up to me and uh, says, oh my goodness, I had the craziest dream about you. And it was that you were sitting across from Pastor Jason and asking for permission to leave good news. That makes no sense, right? Why would you ask that to the leadership development director? Anyway, see ya. And I go, all right, that's weird. Uh, what is he, what, what's he communicating? It wasn't a confirmation of anything that was in our hearts. And uh, so I just kind of stored it away. And, um, and then it wasn't until we started getting more words. And God started pouring in through dreams and through visions and through our prayer time and, and started transitioning our hearts. And in uh, and, and, so we talked to each other, and it was uh, mid-July that uh, we go, man, we're getting all these cues, all these signs, these hints from the Lord. But honestly, it, this, it's not our plan. It's not our desire to, to transition right now. And so, God, if you're going to – if this is what you're saying, we need something really, really clear. And that was in July. Yeah, so on a Saturday night, Drew was out of town, and I was just in my room crying because we had been getting all of these words, and it was just confusing for us because um, we really love good news. We love where we're at. And so I just told the Lord, God, I need you to bring somebody along my path that we don't really know um, that could tell us what we're supposed to do. And how many of you know that when you ask God specifically, he answers specifically and so the next morning, Sunday morning, I come and I drop my kids off and somebody walks up to me that I don't really know and says, uh, Morgan, I have a word for you and Drew and uh, I had a dream about you guys. And I was like, okay, here we go. Um, and she just said, you guys were standing in a wide open field and you were looking out, and it was bright, and it was exciting, and it was something new, um, something with anticipation. And she looked at me with tears in her eyes, and she said, I feel um, like I'm supposed to tell you this. I don't want to, but you guys are um, going to be leaving good news, and you're going to be transitioning. And I just looked at her like, okay, 
Lord, you just, you just answered. So. Yeah, and to, so when she calls me and she says that after the conversation that we had just had and the prayer that she had just prayed the night before, uh, it became really, really clear to us that, all right, God is communicating transition. And, uh, and, and so one thing we started talking about and praying about is, is this, is this the season? Because God's put a dream in our heart for a long time to lead a, uh, a new church, a church plant. And, uh, we've had that dream for a long time and we go, is this that season of transition? Is this leading into that? And uh, so we ask God, and then we start getting words again. And these words are about birthing something. And every time they'd say, I see you birthing something, but I know it's not a child, but I don't know what it is. But God, yeah, <laughs> thank the Lord. Uh, <laughs> uh, but we, uh, we, we keep getting these things, and, and they're saying, he's birthing something new in your heart. And, uh, and then we'd start conversations with people and, uh, primarily people outside of good news. And we'd hear the same thing again and again, as we're going, God, are you calling us to church plant? And someone will walk up to us and they'll we'll be like, Hey, how are you doing? And they go, well, actually, you know how I'm doing. Uh, we are going to this church, but we don't really feel called there. And we're just kind of in the season. And I know God's transitioning us. And I know he's calling us to a new church. And I know that there's something big and something exciting that's coming, but I don't know what it is. And I'm just in the season of waiting. Do you have any idea? And so it's this, it was this weird, like, okay, God, what are you doing? So we sat down and we go, okay, if this is going to be a season of transition, and maybe this is what God's saying, just trying to hold all these things with an open hand. If God is saying transition and church planting, we're not ready for it. We're financially, practically not ready for it. We, uh, and so we determined we need at least three months of savings in, uh, for, in, in our account. And uh, we, look at the, we do the math, we do our budget, and we go, okay, that's going to be about a year and a half. So we put ourselves on a two-year plan for this transition to, to happen. And uh, that was on a Monday night. And uh, Tuesday night, we received a call. That we were going to be receiving a check for that number that we had written down the night before. And it was, yeah, it was Jesus, that's for sure. Um, and that was, that was the time that we realized that God's timing and God's urgency for this was much faster than what we were expecting. And God's timing is always weird, and it doesn't always feel perfect according to what we can see and according to the practical, but his timing is perfect. And, uh, and so, uh, and, and, and this, was, this was just before um, my 30th birthday, and so a little bit, uh, a, a little while later, we go to the pastors, and we say, Pastor Jason, Pastor Raphael, uh, Look, we we don't know exactly what to do with these words, and we just gave them to him. And we go, uh, what what do we do? Uh, fully expecting to go, man, God's transitioning, uh, but fully expecting for it to be a one to two year uh, thing. And we we said, all right, let's pray about it. Let's come back next January. And uh, in January, we got together and. Uh, they had heard from the Lord. 
we had heard from the Lord. It turns out we were hearing the same thing. And uh, so the pastors and Morgan and I came to conclusion that the time is now. God is saying the time is now for us to step into a season of preparing to plant a new church in the greater Omaha area that is scheduled to launch in the fall of 2021. Yeah. And... And we're excited and scared, and uh, and so we, we're partnering with the, the same organization that Logan and Gabby are partnering with, uh, CMN, Church Multiplication Network, and they have a training that's, uh, that starts on March 31st. And uh, so we are going to be transitioning out of our roles here right around that time. And uh, it is, uh, it's, it's moving at God's pace. And for some of you, this may be really, really sudden. Um, but as we look back, we go, I've seen God's fingerprints on this for years. We've had this dream in our heart for since, since before we were married. We've been communicating this with a pastoral team for the past five years, saying, man, God has this church planting thing on our heart for someday. And uh, for the last year, God has made abundantly clear through pages and pages of our lists of these words that he's been giving to us as we're trying to listen to him. And uh, he, he's been speaking his timing and his purpose for our lives. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Guys, I've been a mess for like two months. I cry every single day. Um, so we wanted to answer a couple questions that we thought you probably have. Um, why church planting? Why are we choosing Omaha? Um, we feel called to this. Um, we have for a long time. It's something that we've always had in our heart to do. Uh, we feel uniquely equipped for it. Um, we just really have a burden and a love for the lost. And church planting is one of the best ways to reach the lost. Um, and we just want to be obedient to what he's asking. Obedience is oftentimes hard, and it's hard in this situation. Uh, but we just can't deny the words that he's spoken. We have pages and pages. Um, we didn't even share half of what has been spoken um, and lastly, there's a need. And a lot of times we think in Omaha, we think that it's saturated with churches. Um, we felt that. And we were like, Omaha doesn't need another church. And so we just began to meet with pastors in the city and realized that it's actually not the case that 47% of Omaha is unchurched, which means that they're agnostic or atheist. And um, that's as much or more as L.A. and Denver and San Diego and Las Vegas. Isn't that crazy? And 2% of Omaha that is in churches go to a spirit-filled church. Uh, we met with one pastor that said, if today, if this Sunday, 50 new churches were planted with 500 people in each of those churches, that we would reach 5% of the 47%. And so he just said, we need you. We need you to do this. And um, this decision for us comes with a lot of sorrow and a lot of joy. And I'm learning that you can live with both, um, that there are times of sorrow and simultaneously joy. Um, 
were really sad to leave. Uh, I grew up here. This is my home. I uh, was born here, went to the nursery, kids ministry. Um, Maybe some of you remember Clyde bopping you on the head. Um, I grew up with that. (laughs) And uh, youth ministry, some of you were my youth leaders. We were married here, had our kids here. Many of you prayed for our daughter's miracle and fought so many battles with us. I look out and I just see our friends that have become our family. I feel like I know many of you because I've seen your worship and have been able and had the privilege of leading you in worship. And so we're sad, but we're also filled with joy and hope and expectation of what God wants to do in this city. We know that our God is the way maker, right? We sing about that. And he has been, he has proven that day after day, moment after moment. He's in it and he's already making ways. And we know that the harvest is ripe and it's coming and it's already there. And we want to be a part of that. So we love you. Our prayer over this um, announcement in this season is that uh, this is more about him than about us. More about God moving than about us moving. And uh, we honestly, we are so excited uh, we, that, that this church, we're going to be sent by good news and that everybody here or there gets to play a part in what God's doing in Omaha, what God's doing in, uh, in, in the world. And it's so exciting to be able to do this hand in hand uh, with this leadership team and with this church. Thank you, guys. We love you. So, you know, so the thing that ran through my head is we have we have laughed until we have cried with these two. And we have cried until we have laughed. And the thing that ran through my head was um, Raphael touching your toe. Oh, my gosh. That's a story for another time. But uh, I'm, I'm going to have just, to explain that. No, no, no we don't have time. We don't have time. No, you can't say that. So, so here's people. the thing. That's not cool, man. So here's the thing. So it was a mistake. <laughs> it was under a table thing. And I'm like, what is this under the table? Anyway. Pretty sure anyway. this is being recorded. Too. Oh, my gosh. Oh We're my not gosh. putting this service so online. So we are in a season of multiplication. We're in a season of multiplication. And, and to be honest with you, this is what healthy churches and healthy people do. And, and so we, we, we honored Drew and Morgan. I'm so sorry, y'all. This is supposed to be serious. But we, we want to see more of this. And, and, and it is bittersweet. It is. You know, I've, I've cried tears. And now I'm ready. Let, let's celebrate. Let's send them out. Let's support them. Let's build the kingdom. Guess what the kingdom does? Kingdom multiplies. 
And people have to say yes. You know, there was a, 13 years ago, we said to a cold place in the middle of Nebraska from Florida, and that's the kingdom. And so we celebrate them today. We're going to take up an offering, and the church is going to help support them over the next year. And then we're going to help them establish. But listen, they've got to transition from uh, a church mindset to a church planting mindset. That's different. People don't realize how difficult it is in ministry and they're about to start a new work. That's totally different. And so they're going to need prayer support. They're going to need financial support. They're going to need wisdom. They're going to need people. So uh, anyway, we want to pray for them. We want to celebrate them, uh, but they're going into a difficult season. And so we want to be able to, to help them. If you guys would come down, let's pray for you. If you have had any relationship or anything with uh, Pastor Drew and Morgan, we want you guys to come down, lay hands on them. We're going to pray for them. And church, this is what multiplication looks like. And listen, this is not one of those multiplication church planning things where it's actually a split. <laughs> we label it something. This is actually ascending them. You want to pray? Father, we thank you. Thank you, God, first and foremost, for the calling in Morgan's and Pastor Drew's life. We thank you, God, for their surrender. We have been a people living palms up, completely surrendered to your ways and to your will, God. We thank you that they have surrendered their hearts, their lives to you, God, that they have placed their lives in your hands, God. And today, as a family, we bless them in the name of the Lord Jesus. We pray for wisdom. We pray for understanding. We pray for a double portion of your anointing, oh God. We pray that as they step forward, Lord, may you make a way for them. God, may they lack no resource, Lord. God, we can trust you in this. Father, we put their children in your hands, their lives into your hands. And we together as a church family say, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Thank you. We bless them in Jesus' name. Amen. So we will, we the, the last Sunday of the month, it's the Sunday before they actually go to their training. We're going to have a, a time where we celebrate them across the way and you'll be able to, 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 to bless them or whatever. But just keep them in your prayers, y'all. And know that this is part of what good news in the future is going to do is we're going to help plant churches and plant people. So God bless you guys. Y'all want to stand and let's go out with one song of worship.